Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Vacation starts with VA. One thing you'll love about your trip to Virginia is that you'll never have to settle for one thing. All that you love is all in one trip. Start yours at virginia.org. In a couple of minutes, I'm going to tell you about how I ruined every single relationship I was in, except for the one I'm in now. The reason I did that is because of my horrible coping mechanisms and my inability to allow people to be who they are. If you have trouble with these things too, if you're ruining relationships, if you're the difficult one in your current relationship, I have a very effective life-changing program called Healed Being over at HealedBeing.com. Get the lessons, join the private online support group with the ability to post anonymously, and ask your questions directly to me and others in the group to help you through your situation and provide answers and guidance to give you the best chance at creating the healthiest relationships you can. Head over to healedbeing.com. Life presents the toughest challenges. Every day you are faced with decisions that test your ability to express who you really want to be in this world. We're told to keep saying affirmations and keep thinking positively, but what do you do when that stuff doesn't work? Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Paul Coliani and I want to help you learn the skill set you need to deal with life's challenges in the most emotionally intelligent way. This show consists of my personal opinions and is meant for informational purposes only. Always seek a professional for your mental health and well-being. Okay, great to have you here. If you are a long-time listener, great to have you back. If you're not, welcome to the show or if you just tune in every now and then. I could go on and on. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here no matter what. And um, I have to talk about a relationship issue that I've had. The relationship issue my entire life was me. I told you about it at the very intro of the show, what they call the pre-roll, right before the show rolls. And uh, I did say I was going to talk about my relationships. I ruined every single relationship in my life, all my romantic relationships, I should say, uh, except the one I'm in now. Yes, there's always a chance, but I don't plan on doing that because uh, we're at the eight-year mark on our relationship, my girlfriend and I, and um, it's the first time I've ever been this deep into a relationship where I wasn't holding on to anger triggers like emotional triggers uh, where I'm always on the edge like what's she going to do now that's going to tick me off or I'm not seeing anything that she does that affects me in a negative way or I'm not watching her all the time like with a critical eye I'm not judgmental in fact this is the very first relationship I've had 
where I've decided to let my partner be who they are. That I mean, that may sound foreign to some people when they hear that, but I've never been that way. I've never been that way. They had to be who I wanted them to be. And because I felt that way, I became abusive in my behaviors. I was an emotionally abusive person uh, throughout my life, throughout my romantic relationships. And my behaviors ruined every single relationship that I was in. And good relationships, too. Like 98% of my relationships were great with good people. And they were pretty healthy. The the women in my life were um, mentally, they were pretty healthy. They didn't deserve the treatment I gave them. So I'm not telling you this to brag about it. It's certainly nothing to brag about. But I'm telling you this because... um, like I talked about in the intro, it's important to understand that sometimes we have behaviors that will cause problems in our relationship. And um, if we don't resolve those behaviors, the relationship could end. This can happen in any relationship. This can happen in family relationships. I don't know how many relationships I've had with family, like uh, maybe two that I can think of, or at least two, uh, that ended because of someone's highly toxic or highly dysfunctional behavior. I'll admit my own toxic behaviors in my romantic relationships, but I've had members in my family, relatives, that um, had their own toxic behaviors, and it ended our relationship. I mean, I I suppose they could start up again. I hope they do. Well, with one of them. (laughs) But the other one, no, I don't want that to start. But it's true that our behaviors will... Uh, cause the downfall of a relationship. This can happen at work too. Have you ever had a, a job where you were working with somebody and one of you had behaviors that really bugged the other one and it created issues? Have I? Yes, I have actually. I remember this one guy was very snippy. He was always snippy with me. And I, I don't really think it was me. I think he was just a snippy person. And so I, I remember standing up for myself one day. Uh, what did I say? I said, you know, if you act a little bit more respectful, we'll get the job done. I said something like that. <laughs> and uh, he backed off a little bit. And it worked. And I realized, oh, all I have to do is stand up for myself and people will stop being jerks. I mean, that wasn't my only experience with um, somebody that bugged me or ticked me off and I had to stand up for myself. But um, that experience plus others has helped me understand that many issues in life can be avoided or uh, changed. Many circumstances can be changed just by showing up a little differently than we've been. Because I thought I was a nice guy at work and this guy is just giving me all kinds of hell. He's just being a jerk. And so I finally said, hey, look, (laughs) be a little bit more respectful and we can get through this. This isn't helping. I said something like that, and it changed. didn't really change him. It just changed how he treated me, and that was helpful. Of course, I'm willing to uh, take big risks. I'm, I'm willing to take the leap into, what can I say, trouble? <laughs> I'm willing to take the risk that there could be trouble when I stand up for myself, or when I honor myself, and um, it's worth the risk to me because I don't like the treatment. 
I don't like being treated a certain way in a negative way. And so I share that with you in case you're thinking, maybe I should do that myself. Maybe I should tell this person. There is a risk. There is a risk involved. If it's your boss, there's a risk of getting fired. There will be a, a crummy way to get fired if you stand up for yourself and say, hey, stop disrespecting me uh, because your boss is also human and humans should treat each other with kindness and respect. But if it doesn't work out, they don't like what you said, they could absolutely fire you. And that's not fair, but that's the risk. And I've chosen to walk through life wanting to keep my integrity and my dignity. And if others around me aren't interested in my dignity or my integrity, then they might hear from me. They might hear me say something to them in a nice way. I'm not a jerk about it. I'm just, I just say it in a nice way. But let me come back to what I was saying. The relationships I have ruined in my life, these were behaviors that I did mostly about being judgmental, being critical toward others, to the people I love, the people I care about, and um, expecting them to meet my sky-high standards. I expected more from them, even though they were giving a lot or all they could already. And that's just a terrible way to be. I was nice and kind and generous in a lot of ways, and uh, I, I mixed that with abusive behavior, like I'm talking about. So I'm bringing that up because people write to me all the time and tell me they're having trouble in their relationship. I've gotten maybe two or three emails over the past several years that say, hey, you never talk about people that are alone, that are single, that um, are dealing with their own things, being alone, they're dealing with their own challenges, their own issues. And I have done many, many, many episodes on working on yourself, working on your own personal development, personal growth, and improving yourself in every way you can, whether you're alone or single. Doesn't mean I'm going to stop doing those. I'm just saying I have a library. <laughs> I have a library of episodes that go way back to around 2014 that uh, you can certainly dig through and check out. But uh, this show, I try to cater to anyone, single, together. I've um, had people that are in polyamorous relationships reach out to me, and they have their own unique set of challenges. And uh, it all comes down to our emotional state and how we feel around other people and because of other people, how they make us feel, how we feel about them. And it doesn't always have to be a romantic relationship. And this is the most important part. Even when you're single, even when you are completely alone and you isolate yourself from the world, you still have to deal with the cable guy or girl or whoever. <laughs> you still have to deal with customer service. You still have to shop for food. There's still things that you do to relate to others in the world. And we're social creatures. It's hard not to socialize with other people. Well, let me rephrase that. We are built to socialize. We are hardwired to socialize, mainly because, and I'm speaking a little over my head, <laughs> because we, uh, as a group, as a society, have to get along in order to survive, to, to continue to grow as a species. So that's how I see it, is that we're hardwired to do it, yet some of us isolate ourselves, or we have social anxiety, and we try to stay away from other people, and um, that's... You know, that's a choice, of course. 
But at the same time, it can be difficult. The conflict can arise that because we're social creatures and we have to socialize, but if we have social anxiety, we don't want to go out there into the world or at least connect with other people or talk to other people, and that creates an inner conflict. So we are social creatures, but we don't want to socialize, if that's you. If you don't want to socialize and you're a social creature, it creates conflict. It can create struggle. And, of course, there are some people that are fine being all by themselves. <laughs> I, I know someone who says, I hate people. In fact, I've known several people that have said, I hate people. That's an interesting comment. You're a person. <laughs> well, they say, well, I hate so many people that do so many bad things. I don't hate that person or that person or that person. I just hate people in general. I think that's a that's a pretty bold statement to make, and I understand why. No judgment here. <laughs> but I understand that it can be very difficult, especially if you're around the wrong people, which brings me back to honoring yourself around the wrong people or trying to stay away from toxic people or asking yourself, what circles am I in? Because I'm talking to person A over here who's in this circle and they're happy. And I can talk to person B over here who's in this circle and they're unhappy. And then I can listen to their stories about so-and-so did this to me and -and so-and-so yelled at me and -and so-and-so doesn't understand me, all within their circle. That circle of people that they're in makes them feel bad. It's like being in that radioactive environment I talk about. It's a relationship radiation. If you are around people that are emotionally radioactive to you, you're not going to feel good all the time. You'll probably be unhappy more than you're happy. But if you're around other people that are sort of in alignment with your values, support you, love you, are kind to you, respect you, then you're going to be happier. And the more people you are around like that, the, the happier you might be. And I'm not saying that that's the magic formula. I can't tell you that a depressed person around those kind of people is suddenly going to be happy, but it might help. <laughs> and it's it can be difficult. It can be difficult to make friends or have family members that are supportive and kind and caring and generous and all that. So I understand that there are other struggles too. Am I going somewhere with this? Yes, I'm going somewhere with this uh, in a way because I received an email from someone who I guess I read their message on a show in the, in the past and they wrote back and said, hey, I, I thought I'd give you a little update. I recently moved into my own place. I'm getting it redecorated and I'm having some therapy for depression because I was constantly feeling down and negative, but I'm feeling quite positive at the moment. My ex and I are still good friends, but we believe or I believe now that we couldn't have carried on. It's been a strange few years, but I'm beginning to see the light. Thanks for all you do. I always download and listen on Sunday mornings over here. I'm not sure if you've covered this before, but have you done an episode on friends becoming more than friends? I've become close to someone who is single, and we seem to hit it off as friends, having had night outs and days away. But is it sometimes best to leave it as friends rather than make a good friendship awkward? Thanks again, and I think it's a he signed his name. Okay, that's a great topic to talk about. I don't think I've ever talked about that, except uh, sharing a story about my personal life where the current relationship I'm in, the best relationship I've ever been in because I'm not holding on to triggers, I'm not angry, and I'm 
the love just flows freely. <laughs> there's no judgment. There's no criticism. There's no sarcasm. In fact, there's honesty and transparency. And that's a, a healthy or a bunch of healthy components of a relationship. So we have all of those things. So we get along great. And it's wonderful. So it is nice when you meet someone that you can be yourself with. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about this message and my thoughts on when you're friends and when or if you should make it something more, make it deeper, make it more connected, make it more intimate, become romantically involved, get into a romantic relationship with a friend. So that's a great topic to talk about. I'm glad this person wrote and um, it is something that I went through that I will share in the next segment and uh, I'll tell you my thoughts on it. Hope you're looking forward to it. I know I am. We'll be right back in a moment. This is the first time in my life that I've decided to optimize my health. I'm finally taking one aspect of my health pretty seriously, my sleep. I am the perfect candidate for Bioptimizer's Magnesium Breakthrough, and I'm very excited to see my uh, trend of healthy sleep improve. If you're not getting enough quality sleep, you are increasing your risk of disease, it's harder to maintain a healthy weight, and we all know about brain fog. And believe it or not, about 75% of people don't have enough magnesium. And this affects your sleep. Unfortunately, most magnesium supplements are not full spectrum. You must get all seven unique forms of magnesium if you want to experience its calming, sleep-enhancing effects. I want you to be amazed by how much better you sleep and how much more rested you feel when you wake up. Bioptimizers is offering you up to a 42% savings when you go to magbreakthrough.com forward slash overwhelmed brain. It's worth typing in all those letters, magbreakthrough, M-A-G, breakthrough.com forward slash overwhelmed brain. Again, you'll save up to 42% on magnesium breakthrough. Think about what a good night's sleep night after night is going to do for you. And after you get a good night's sleep, uh, maybe you can wake up and listen to something that I'm going to listen to in a moment. It's episode 690 of the Jordan Harbinger Show, and that is uh, how to see the future and be ready for anything. (laughs) I'm definitely going to listen to that because talk about preventing stress and overwhelm. Jordan talks to Jane McGonigal in that episode, and I am very excited to listen to that because Jordan is one of those... um, really smart guys (laughs) he's really smart he's almost scary smart and I hope he doesn't hear me say this but he just thinks outside the box and he always has good advice so I want you to tune into the Jordan Harbinger show you can find it on your favorite podcast player and definitely go to the website jordanharbinger.com forward slash start that's jordanharbinger h-a-r-b-i-n-g-e-r dot com forward slash start Hey, I'd like to introduce you to great tools, great products, and people like this that I believe can make a difference in your life. Find Jordan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back. 
I'm going to tell you a story about how I met my girlfriend. I've told this before, so if you've heard my show before and you heard me talk about that, I apologize. This might be a repeat, but I think it's very relevant, so I'm going to repeat it here, and I might say it a little differently than I normally do because I don't remember every single word I've said before, but uh, I hope you get something from it regarding today's um, subject matter, which is, is it sometimes better to leave a friendship as a friendship? rather than make a good friendship awkward. So if you think you might want to ask your friend if they want to be your partner or go out or connect more intimately and they don't want to do it, will it be awkward after that? So um, I experienced something like this in my own relationship when I met my girlfriend eight years ago and uh, I was on a dating app. It was right after my divorce, so I was still healing and I was still learning about my emotionally abusive behavior back then, and I had done a lot of healing around that, actually, but um, I didn't want to ruin another relationship, so I got on this dating app thinking it was a, a smart idea not to be single, because I believed, hey, you know, if you're single, you're unhappy. That was my belief system back then. That wasn't too long ago, <laughs> but I carried this around with me for a long time. Single equals being unhappy. And so I decided that I never wanted to be single since I was like 17, 18. And um, I really haven't been unless it was forced upon me because, uh, as I told you at the beginning of the show, I ruined every relationship I was in. So I definitely became single. So after my divorce, that was my MO. That's exactly what I did. I decided to not be single by meeting someone new. You know, keep filling in the the gap in my life. So that's what I did. I got on a dating app, and about a month into it, I met Asha, my girlfriend, and I had this realization. She actually reached out to me and said, hey, you know, I like what you're doing in business, and I'd like to just talk shop for a while. It was a very cordial, very neutral reach out from her. And I, I wrote back and I said, I just realized something. I just realized that I'm not ready to date. I was being honest. I said, you know, I just got divorced and I don't know I don't know why I'm on this dating app so quick. It was the first realization I had that I was a serial um monogamist. I was a person that absolutely needed someone in his life and that made me realize that that could be part of a dysfunction in me. So I had these little personal growth and healing moments that I decided to explore. And like I said, a, a month into the dating app and uh, talking to several different people, but not going anywhere, not meeting them, not talking to them really, just uh, connecting a, a little bit. But this girl, Asha, that I met, uh, I told her, I just realized I'm not ready to date. I'm going to get off these dating apps. I'm so sorry you reached out and you you are looking for someone yourself but uh, I'm probably not your guy because I'm not ready. I'm not healed. I need to heal. I need to work on myself. I realized for the first time that I've never chosen to be single. I've always chosen to be in a relationship. And I think that's part of the problem here because I keep, like I said, filling in the gap and not really taking the time to reflect on what's going wrong with my relationships. And so the end of my marriage was uh, an eye-opener. And uh, I decided that I was going to start 
healing everything I could and being happy being single. I chose to be single. So that's what I told her. I said, um, oh, actually, I told her this this very specific thing. I said, you know, I just got divorced. Uh, I'm still healing from that. I don't have much money. In fact, I have a failing business. <laughs> and I'm living in my mom's basement. I told her, I told her all of this. It was uh, brutal honesty because it didn't matter to me. I, I, I just decided to be brutally honest because I wasn't trying to impress. I wasn't trying to win her heart. I just wanted to tell her this is who I am and this is where I am right now and I need some time and I'm not going to be looking for a date. And I said, I'm sorry, I realized that you're on here looking for you know someone to connect with in your life. And um, if you want to continue talking, that's great. But this is where I am. Just want to let you know. And she wrote back and said, LOL. <laughs> Thank you for your honesty. That's not common, especially on these dating apps, apparently. And we started chit-chatting back and forth from there. And she accepted that I wasn't looking for a romantic partner anymore. And that I was on this quest to see what life was like without a partner and choosing to be single and what does what does that mean in my life and why can't I be happy being single and uh, that was my journey and she totally accepted it and we became friends for months we chit chatted back and forth we became friends and we started calling each other and we'd have hours long conversations as friends I never implied that I wanted to date her. In fact, I asked her how her dating was going, and I was totally okay if she found someone, and I was hoping she would. I mean, that's what friends do. We root for each other. I hope you find the person you're looking for. I hope you find the life you want. And she did the same for me, except you know I wasn't dating. She just rooted for me. I hope you're finding your way. I hope you're healing. I hope you're going through stuff. And I would share stuff with her. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling. And, of course, now that neither of us were a prospect for each other, we were brutally honest. <laughs> and because there was nothing um, that was going to happen, that was our belief, there was nothing that was going to happen between us, we didn't have to worry about what we said to each other. I could tell her anything and I did. <laughs> I told her everything and anything about me and not have to worry about getting judged, not have to worry about her saying, oh, that's not going to work for me because we were just friends and friends that supported each other and friends do support each other and that's what we were doing for each other. So we were just open and honest and sometimes brutally honest and um, we just put our life on the table and it felt free. And it felt really good. And all those months, we kept talking almost every day. In fact, we would stay up so late talking that one day she finally said, it's too bad you don't live down here because, you know, maybe we could go out sometime and see if there's something there. And this totally threw me off. I had no intention of dating her. I even told my mom she's crazy. <laughs> she tells me things that I just can't get on board with. She's just nuts. She was just so strange to me. I never talked to anyone like her before. And 
uh, I remember my mom saying, "Oh, you're gonna you're gonna end up dating her," and I said, "Mom, I'm not gonna end up dating this person. She's nuts. <laughs> She's nuts." So at least that's what I thought back then. So Asha said, "It's too bad you don't live in Georgia. We could date a little bit and see what's up." And I said, uh, "I I thought we were not gonna date. I thought this was just a friendship, and you know, this is how it was gonna be." And and she said, "Well, you know, I, I'm not saying that." anything would happen. I'm just saying, you know, we talk every day and uh, it seems that we get along great and we seem to accept each other and all our faults and it just, everything we talk about, it just, uh, it vibes. She said there were no glitches in our conversation and it's weird to not have any glitches in a conversation. That was her term, glitches. I think a glitch to me would be something that triggers you. Like, oh, oh, I, I can't handle that. That might be a glitch to her. But she said that it went smooth. Everything has gone smooth. And we were talking for months. So uh, she said that, and I was taken aback. And I said, oh, uh, wow, okay. Um, I never thought of it. But if that's what you want to do, I am I think I'm ready for it. I think I'm open to it. And so I had my mindset. I, I had already accepted being single I had already accepted, or at least liked the idea that my decisions were now my own and no one else's. I've been living in New Hampshire for the last 10 or so months with my mom. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm starting to figure out my life, who I am without somebody else as an influence, good or bad. I'm starting to figure things out and I feel pretty good inside myself having chosen this being single, making my own decisions, I think I had to go through that to become reflective, to become more wise in my decisions, and to um, understand who I was by myself with nobody else to influence me, at least a romantic partner. And then I told my girlfriend now, Asha, that it's something that I absolutely will consider because I feel like I have reached a level in my healing and in my own behaviors what not to do anymore and how to treat people that uh, maybe we could give it a try and so I scheduled a flight to go meet her actually she scheduled the first flight she came up and um, I picked her up we met we got along great and that was like a few days and then she went back home and she said that was wonderful so I flew down here where I am now and we got along great and that was wonderful. So we kept getting along and getting along. And uh, we became a couple. And I ended up moving down to Georgia. And uh, ever since then, it's been super easy. No, <laughs> not super easy. There, there were some difficulties at first. But at least this time, it had nothing to do with uh, old patterns of behavior that I used to have. And I felt really good that I was doing my best and we just had to get around some struggles. So I wanted to introduce this segment with that story because there are a lot of uh, lessons that I've learned being friends and then transforming that friendship into a romance. And I'm going to share some of those lessons now. I've already said them in some ways and maybe I didn't explain them all, but this is what I'm here to do now is to help this person understand it when is it better to leave it as a friendship and uh, does it make the friendship awkward if you do attempt 
to move forward with a relationship. Um, it can, absolutely. We all probably know this, or a lot of us know this, that when you're interested in someone and they're not interested in you and your friends, and then you bring up the idea that you could be more, it can make it awkward. And I've done this in the past. I've made friendships awkward and I've lost friendships because I was interested in, and they weren't. So it can be thin ice sometimes, but I've also learned probably better ways to think about this, to talk about this, and that's what I'm going to share now. Um, one of the first things is thinking about your compatibility. If you're friends and you get along and everything's great, are you compatible? So that might mean, do you get along in every area of life? Do you have similar values? Do you have similar political views? Do you have similar um, interests, at least in the subject of being a couple? If you have similar interests doing things as a couple, that's helpful. But also, uh, how will you get along being together, like living together? Eventually, couples usually move in with each other. You don't always have to. But how will you get along living together? And you think about their habits and what they like to do. And do you get along with them now, but you're not living together? But if you were living together, if what they like to do and what they do on a daily basis and how they think and how they talk, will that end up bothering you or will you be okay with it? For example, if um, you're a guy and you're interested in a girl and the girl talks to her ex-boyfriends because they're all friends, uh, are you going to be okay with that? Because if you're okay with it now, it's probably because you're friends. So I'm talking about if you're just friends. Uh, but if you were a couple, would that behavior bother you? Because here's the thing. You don't want to expect them to change who they are when you get into the relationship. Because this is what happens. We get into a relationship and we think, oh, they're not going to do these things anymore. If they're not going to do those things anymore... Are they stopping it because they want to stop those things or because they uh, believe that you expect them to or you're required to? Now, if they are dating other people, let's hope that stops unless you have a different type of relationship. But typical monogamous relationship, you expect the other person to stop dating other people. So if you're going to have a relationship with them, it might be expected. A monogamous relationship might be expected that they stop dating other people. But what about the other things? They talk to their exes as friends and it's no big deal to them, but when you're in a relationship with them, it is a big deal for you. If that's a big deal for you, that's going to be a problem. That's going to be a problem. So you have to look at what they do in their life now and would you be okay with all the things they do, how they live, how they think, how they talk, all this stuff that goes on in their life you're basically accepting the whole package, the entire package. Again, if they're dating and you want a mono monogamous relationship, it's expected that the dating other people will stop and you'll be dating. So that's something to keep in mind. If you don't think you'll be accepting of who they are and what they do now, it's not going to work in the relationship because you don't want to expect them to change who they are. When I started dating my girlfriend... I made a, a pact with myself, is that right? I made a promise to myself that I would not tell her who she could talk to. I would not tell her what she could do because that's who I used to be. 
and I, and that ruined relationships. Plus, I've learned to heal from that. I've stopped being possessive and jealous and controlling and trying to guilt my partners into doing what I what I wanted them to do. I know that that is now bad behavior. It's hurtful. So I decided to go the entire opposite direction and just give my partner the freedom to be them. You know, I'm not going to prevent them from doing anything they want with their life. If they want to, you know, if my girlfriend wanted to go to school for a year abroad, I would support that because I support my partner's path to whatever makes her happy. That was my new thought process. That was my new philosophy. When I get into a relationship, I'm going to support her no matter what. Even if that means she wants to leave me because it'll make me happier. As painful as that might feel, and I know it would be painful if she did that today, if she would be happier without me, I don't want her to be with me. Because then I'm forcing it upon her, and then she won't be happy, and then our relationship will be miserable. So I believe that love is when you support the other person's path to happiness, even even when you disagree with what makes them happy. I might not agree with all my girlfriend's decisions, but I support them. And as long as I know that it makes her happy, that makes me happy. I love to see my partner happy. So think about that going forward. Can you accept everything about the other person? It's also a good idea to think about your conversations. Do you ever talk about dating other people? And does the other person ever talk about dating other people or wanting to date other people? If that's never brought up, there's a chance that maybe it's because you enjoy being with each other and one of you is waiting for the other to uh, make the move. But we don't know that for sure. (laughs) We don't want to make it awkward, like you were saying, the person in the email. But I, I think it's important to at least hear the other person and how they talk about possible relationships if they want one. Do they want one? You know, as friends, that's what you talk about. That's what my girlfriend and I talked about. Uh, are you dating? How, how's it going? How was your date? Did you have fun? Did you enjoy yourself? Did, are, are you attracted to the person? You know, you ask these questions of a friend, not of a jealous potential partner. The jealous potential partner might say, did you kiss? Did you get close to them? I mean, what happened? And then you get silent, and then you mope. And I mean, this is the possessiveness and the jealousy kicking in because you have feelings about that. And if you have feelings about that, there's already a problem. You're no longer friends. You're already um, in deeper, maybe than them, I don't know. But if you're getting these jealous thoughts and these feelings of, wait, you're doing that with that person, but you're not doing that with me, uh, that hurts me. And then you show that hurt to them, even if you're silent, just by folding your arms and just looking away and say, no, I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine. When you show that kind of response, they know something's up. Like, whoa, uh, I thought we were friends and now you're not supporting what I want to do with my life. I want to date this person. I want to kiss this person. I want to go farther with this person. And here you are. Um, not happy about that. So you're, I don't feel the support from you, which means either you're into me and I'm not into you, or we need to discuss this and, you know, see what happens. But 
This is why it's important to find out, are you talking about your relationships with other people, your romantic relationships or your dating life? Are you talking about your dating life? If you're friends, you're going to talk about almost everything. How did that date go? Oh, my God, did you have fun? Oh, my God, that's so great. But if you're not talking about that, it could be because there is an opportunity here that might be worth pursuing. But this is the thing. Uh, if you haven't talked about dating other people, I think there can be uh, a somewhat benign opening line. Like, why are you still single? You're such a catch. You know, you could be laughing about something. You get into these situations with your friend, and you would say to a friend, I can't believe you're still single. You are such a catch. You are a, such a good person. You're so funny and you're so smart. I can't believe you're still single. That could be an opening line. You could find out where they go with it. They might say, thank you, thank you. I'm on dating apps and I've met a few people and um, I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'm, I have my prospects. They might say that. And if they do, make sure to support it because a friend supports that. But they might have a different response. They might say, well, I'm waiting for the right person. And if they ask you, why are you still single? <laughs> now you might have an opening. Now you might have something that you could talk about, something that might go somewhere, because now you're both putting feelers out there. Why are you still single? Well, why are you still single? Oh, well, you know, we could talk about that and see where it goes. Depends on how the conversation grows organically, but um, that's pretty much an indicator. If somebody I was friends with said, you know, I can't believe you're still single. You're such a good catch. I would think, oh, that's very nice for my friend to say. But if she were single, I would probably ask her the same thing. You know, what about you? You know, if I was interested in her, I would say, what about you? And then we'd have a conversation about it. But be okay with the conversation ending. Oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not ready today. I'm too busy or this and this. Support that. Support that. So I, I just maybe gave you an introductory opening line. Uh, and you can talk about that stuff because you're friends, right? Friends can talk about that stuff. Just don't make it weird. <laughs> and if they're not into you and you're thinking about them and you are you might be into them, you have to be ready to let go. You have to be ready and be okay with letting go. Because what if they say, I found the greatest person and we're dating right now. I mean, this could be marriage material. What if they say that? Are you still a friend? Are you supporting their path? A friend would say, oh, wow, tell me all about it. This is exciting. I'm so happy for you. But somebody with maybe uh, some jealousy and you want something more, something deeper, is going to be negatively affected by that. So if you feel that negative feeling, then you know you're probably deeper than they are and it's time to regroup inside yourself. And let me say this about a friendship that turns into a romantic partnership. It only has one chance to survive. That could be wrong. Sometimes there are two chances. <laughs> Sometimes there are more. But I look at a friendship that has the potential to be a romantic relationship as having only one chance to survive. Meaning you're friends for months or years. And then you say, okay, let's, let's see where this goes. And you find out that you're not compatible. You find out that you have differences. You find out after maybe being together for a while 
that uh, you don't like when they leave socks on the floor or the toilet seat up or down. You don't like a lot of things or their values, their political views. Uh, there are things that you don't like. So this is where a friendship can turn sour because it tried to become a romantic relationship and now what do you got left? You went a little deeper and now you're not as supportive and this is where the danger zone is. Once you go a little deeper you are supposed to get more supportive. I support everything about you. I love you and I want you to do whatever you want to do with your life. But what ends up happening a lot in relationships is that we feel a little bit more controlling sometimes. And when that happens that's when it becomes more restrictive. They feel oppressed like you are not letting them be who they are and do what they want and think the way they want and say what they want. And when that happens, that's when trouble occurs. That's when trouble is introduced or challenges and stress is introduced into the relationship. And it only gets worse from there. As you know, if you've ever experienced this in your relationship, once there is a problem with someone's behavior, a partner's behavior, and it's something you can't get past, the relationship usually dwindles and it gets harder and harder. So I have one more thought on this. I'm going to tell you during the outro of the show coming up. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you. And we'll be right back with my thank yous and my goodbyes and that final thought right after this. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to thank the patrons of the week, Chris, Janet, Kayla, Victoria, Tracy, Christy, Wanda, Gemma. All of you are awesome. These are the financial backers of the show. I call them uh, patrons. They join the patron program over at moretob.com. Uh, they found value in the show, and if you find value in the show and you want to give back, head over to moretob.com. You'll uh, see their options there. And uh, plus some goodies over there if you want. moretob.com. And uh, for a show on how to deal with difficult relationships, visit loveandabuse.com. And if you know you're the difficult one in the relationship, head over to healedbeing.com. Thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. I'm going to get right into my last thought on what we were just talking about. Uh, maybe a friendship can become a romantic relationship. And I, I think another possible opening to talking about uh, maybe becoming more intimate in a friendship might just be talking about someone you'd like to meet. Something like, um, someday I'd like to meet somebody that does this or does that. Somebody that um, has this or has that. You know, you put your criteria out there. Someday I'd like to meet someone that makes me laugh as much as this. You know, I love laughing. Someday I'd like to meet someone that um, drives a Ferrari or whatever. You just put it out there in that way. And it sounds like a manipulation. I, I realize that. And the goal isn't to manipulate. It's just to tread lightly on a subject in order to not ruin a friendship if somebody gets weirded out. So that's why I'm kind of giving you these openings or these um, tiptoeing into a space that might be 
it might create some awkwardness. So that's another thing that you could do to open up is just a, and this is an honest thing too, right? I'd like to meet someone someday that fulfills the following criteria. Don't say it like that, but you know what I mean. And um, that also opens the door. It tells the other person that you're comfortable telling them who you'd like to meet. And if it's not them, that's not what you say to them, but it, they'll believe it's if it's not them, they'll think, well, that's not me. And, you know, obviously they're not talking about me because they wouldn't have said that otherwise. Uh, or they'll say, wow, that's me. That is me. I never considered this. Maybe I should. So that's another way to start bringing it up. I think it is a fantastic thing when friends can turn into a romantic partnership as long as there's compatibility, as long as the interests sort of are along the same lines and all the other stuff I talked about, political stuff and values and things like that. Because uh, usually friendships are the most transparent. They're the most supportive. And if you can take what you have in your friendship and amplify it into a romantic relationship, it can be beautiful, but you really have to plan ahead, think ahead, and make sure that you're not getting into something that um, doesn't work as a romantic relationship, but works great as a friendship. As a person in question I'm thinking about right now, terrible person for romantic relationships. (laughs) Anyone, unfortunately, but a great friend. This guy I know is a great friend to a lot of people, but you don't want to be in a a romantic relationship with him uh, for various reasons. So there are people like that. This is where you think ahead. How is it going to go? Do I like the way they are with uh, other people? Were they great with their past in their past relationships? This is something I learned with my current relationship is that it was so relieving to be honest about everything. I mean, I put my dirty laundry out there. I said, this is who I am, everything I am. And it felt so good because when we eventually started dating and became a couple, it was already there. It wasn't something that she was going to discover about me. You know, there's other things that occur when you live together because you figure stuff out that you didn't know beforehand. So we realized this, you know, when we first met, we realized this. And I said, how about, this is when we were still living apart, how about I come down for a month and we just live together for a month and see what happens? And that's what I did. I came down for a month, went back home, and when we talked again, she said, wow, again, no glitches. (laughs) There was nothing that was just um, uncomfortable. We didn't trigger each other. We didn't get in each other's way. We realized that it is possible to live together. So later on, that's what we did. And it all worked out, and it's still working out. So I can attest. I can attest to it, everything I'm telling you. But I understand that it can be kind of an awkward thing if you have a friend that you want to move toward. And you just have to be aware that yes, if the if the truth comes out, if you do have deeper feelings, if you move towards someone with a loving energy, like I'm into you kind of energy, instead of a practical energy. I forget if I talked about this in the last segment, but I just want to close with this. My girlfriend um, introduced the idea of a romantic relationship or at least a dating thought. You know, How does this look for dating? By saying, you know, it's too bad you're not closer 
because we could go on a date and see if there's something here. And I thought, that's uh, crazy. <laughs> I thought we weren't going to talk about dating. I thought we were just friends. And she said, no, no, no. I mean, if you were closer, we talk every day and sometimes way into the night and we seem to get along and everything just seems pretty easy with you. So I just thought if you were closer, we could test the waters. And I thought that was a great way to approach it because we were so honest with each other anyway that I didn't mind considering it. And that's what I did. I considered it for the first time. I mean, we had known each other for months. I'd been talking for months and just thought, well, maybe there is something here. I supported her path and she supported mine. And initially I said, no, I'm not leaving New Hampshire. So dating would be out of the question. And then later on I said, you know, okay, maybe I will leave New Hampshire. Maybe I can test the waters with you and see what happens. And that's when I started coming down to Georgia and just trying things out. And like I said, no glitches. It worked out. It was wonderful. If you care about my story, (laughs) if you don't, then let me just tell you this. Keep an open mind because that's how you step into your power so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, And this is something I absolutely know to be true about you. You are amazing. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.